Science, the final frontier. These are the rambles of the science kid in its continuing mission to explore strange new things, to seek out new papers and bad hypotheses, to boldly go where no academic has gone before. We're podcasting from Guy's Hospital yet again. Hello to all you listeners out there. Hope you're feeling sparkling and happy and lovely on this beautiful morning. Yeah, how you doing, Nick? All right, not bad. Came in on the train. We're at um, Guy's Hospital again today, as we always seem to be these days. Yeah, we need to find find another home. Don't think we do. It's fine here. Yeah, it's great. I like it here. Had a famous person on my train. Really? (laughs) Who did you have on your train? When I say the the word famous person, the words famous person, in the loosest sense of the word. It was was a a person, a a known person. (laughs) I only knew it was a famous person after I'd Googled his name. Oh, do you, you know get, do, you get, do you get that thing where you think, like, I, I know that face, but I don't know why I know that person? Not Is even that, that. No? Not even that. Was, they were that. <laughs> no, not even that. I didn't know their face. Right. I'd never the heard voice? of them. Never heard of them before. <laughs> so this so is how do you think I knew that it was a famous person? <laughs> this isn't person? a famous person if you don't know who they are. If they're not famous. It, exactly. I, what's, okay, so tell us the story. I was on the train. I got on the train, right, and I worked my way down to I'm in Salisbury. And there's a guy wearing... Um, Look like Archbishop Archbishop clothing, uh, purple frock, okay. purple frock, dog collar. So you look like a person of interest. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, he was uh, sort of sitting in one of the the aisles. Was he in first class? Um, no, he wasn't. He was yeah. in normal class, but he was all dog collared up, and he was looking chilled, looking old actually, but yeah. kind of spry. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't think anything of that at the time. I thought, well, he's just been to the cathedral or something. He's a member of the clergy. Yeah. Salisbury is an important clergy-type destination. Definitely. I bet there's lots of clergy on the train. Been to have a look round or something. Mm. Anyway, I was on the train. Halfway along the journey, along the intercom, the guard asks whether um, a chap called Tim Dudley-Smith is on the train. Ah. So everyone gets their phone out. who Tim Dudley-Smith is. <laughs> Every <laughs> single person on the train takes their phone out and Googles it. Well, I don't know. Why would why would you do that? Would you do that? Well, I've never heard someone ask for someone by name on a train. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So um, so I Googled it, as you do. Mm. It turns out he's a very famous hymn writer. <laughs> really? He's a hymn writer. Oh, yeah. That, that, you, you have set the bar low with a, with a famous person. <laughs> Could you, okay, could you name a single you other well, it's other him? Kim Kardashian was it? Well, but I like that way. That's that, that's the that's your that's your dynamic range. There is are it? some famous, a famous hymn writer and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> there are some famous people around there, but I can't remember any of them now. One of them was Terry Pratchett. Unfortunately, he, he away, wouldn't have he? been on the train yeah. this morning because he's dead. 
lovely um, writer Terry Pratchett. Anyway, um, yeah, he he was on the train. <laughs> so I, I sort of after they'd called out his name, I sort of looked round. Okay. What him. what hymns he what hymns has he written? Well, I knew the hymn that he oh. written. Because I looked him up and I thought I'm yeah. never going to know anything about him. Yeah. And I read it and he's he's known as a writer of texts for hymns, including Tell Out My Soul. I don't know that one. I remember that one. It's a famous one. It goes something like, Tell out my soul, da, 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 da. Okay, so he's such a famous writer of hymns. That you had to you had to hum the hymn. You didn't did, know the yeah. words. No, I don't know the words. The bloody hymn, do I? It's like a modern one. Yeah. Well, obviously, if he's on the train. I was really impressed. I knew that. Right. That was all the Sunday school shit I had to go through when I was a young boy. In, in Wales. In Wolverhampton. Yeah. yeah. Used to go to Sunday school. Do you ever go to Sunday school? I never went to Sunday I hated school. Hated it. No. I, I think that's what put me off religion. But then you're off religion too, Steve. <laughs> and you've never been to Sunday school. Uh, no, that's true. I had a viscerally bad reaction to uh, Sunday school. What was wrong with Sunday school? Fucking <laughs> really boring. <laughs> Drawing pictures of Bible shit. I think it was quite a lazy Sunday school. They didn't really... They could have been... They could have made it something. Do you know what I mean? They could have welcomed you... So they weren't doing by communication well enough, is what you're saying. I tell you what, if they had a couple of Commodore 64s or like a Spectrum, yeah. then, you know, it would have been a great way to spend a bit of time, but they didn't, unfortunately. Well, shall we try and outdo your Sunday school experience by doing communication in a slightly more innovative way. We could certainly try. All right, should we get on with it? Yeah. So uh, over Christmas, yeah. I went to see my mother for Christmas, and I was. Um, How's your mum, Steve? She's doing very well, thanks. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> mum jokes. Is that all we've got? Is that all we've got? Come on. Um, and I was, I was sat there playing with her. She's got, a, she's got a cat. Mr. Kipper is my mother's cat. Mr. Kipper. Yeah, and I was, I was playing with Mr. Why Kipper. Why is it called Mr. Kipper? That's his name. Mm. Um, and uh, I suppose they like fish, don't they? Traditionally. Yeah. The traditionally cats like fish. I've seen Top Cat. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, they like especially like fish skeletons. Mm, yeah, top TC does. Oh, Mr. Anyway, Kipper. Anyway, so, so I was playing with Mr. Kipper, and Mr. Kipper, Kipper. for Christmas got uh, one of those little cat um, stockings. You know, oh, we bought Frankie. Right, yeah. Frankie. And uh, I, was, um, I, was, I was looking in it, and he was going nuts because there was catnip in there. <laughs> yeah, right? was insane. Do right. you know about catnip? Well, You're going to tell I'm me? I'm going to tell you about catnip. Oh, wicked, because Frank, right, Yeah. he goes absolutely and i do not use this word lightly <laughs> he goes ape shit really banana he totally so, mental so this is the compound it. i'm going to show nick a comment now. so this is the structure of catnip so okay. this is the chemical structure of catnip it's, it's very similar to isoprene it's a two two small rings fused together i know one will know what isoprene is but it looks quite small like it's there's like a um what do you call that um um oh a hexagon and a, a pentagon. pentagon stuck together. Yeah, That's so, what it looks so like. in chemistry we call that, uh, there's, there's an oxygen in the middle of one of those rings. So we call that in chemistry a heterocycle. Heterocycle? Yeah, cycle because it's a cyclic molecule. 
Are there homo cycles as well? There are. There's carbon. So benzene would be an example of Have that. Have they got a better deal now than they had done like 40 years ago? <laughs> of course. I'm really glad about that. Can you react yeah. them together? Uh, no. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, well, That's depends, where the depends. analogy ends, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, indeed. Homo. <laughs> um, so I started looking into um, catnip. So do you know how catnip works? No, of course I don't. Do you know well, I reckon. No, let me get, let me let me try. Yeah, it goes up their nose, and it excites something, what? and that does something in the brain. How would you test that? Um, how would you test it? You'd put a cat in an MRI. Uh, okay, but we. Th- I found a paper. I've come across this paper, Nick. Oh, this paper's called "Analysis of Catnip Reaction: Mediation by Olfactory System." Right. So this is from 1985 in the behavioral, uh, behavioral and neurobiology by a gentleman oh, yeah. called Benjamin Hart and we're right Mitzi Leedy. We're right on the cutting edge, aren't we? 1985. <laughs> What's this, the author called? Kitty Leedy. Kit, uh, Mitzi Leedy. Mitzi Leedy. Yeah, good she name, sounds isn't like it? a bloody cat. <laughs> Mitzi Leedy. <laughs> yeah, this is in um, uh, UC Davis in California. This work was done. Sacramento. So this is, as far as I can tell, this is the seminal work on catnip. I can't find anything else on catnip. That's weird, because you'd think people would be interested in it. They've got no clue. Basically, no one really knows how it works. Anyway, how does it work? So, what they did is they, there's this thing called a, well, you can probably, you can help me pronounce this. So it's the uh, oh, vermoronsinal organ. I've Have you come across that? No. So this is this. Vermoronsinal. Yeah. Um, which uh, is a. Uh, is, is it's sometimes called the Jacobson organ. So it's an uh, olfactory sense organ that's found. Oh, vomer and nasal organ. Yeah, vomer and nasal. Okay, yeah. Um, so which they think is like so it's it's, it's not pleasant in humans apparently, but is in cats, and they is part of how, what makes them uh, how they can smell things. Um, but they've also got olfactory receptors as well, like we do. So they smell in a similar way. Anyway, this paper, it took a load of cats and um, took that out. Of the cat, they surgically they surgically dis- removed the vomerant. Yeah, that's pretty bloody brutal. But you know what happens when you do that? They don't go mental when you give them catnip anymore. It makes no difference at all. Oh really? Yeah. So they still go mental <laughs> even if you take out the vomerant nasal organ. They do, but if you take out the olfactory receptor, no reaction at all. Oh, so it must be going somewhere else then. Yeah. yeah Where's so it they, going then? They don't know. Would get out of town. No one knows. They might have just done it badly. Maybe yeah, they maybe. chop hair properly. So this is actually quite. I mean, that's true. Um, uh, but there's like there's a really good so there's, there's you know it's a you know proper peer reviewed uh, article. I just wanted to read you um, some of the, uh, the the methods and uh, the methods and the materials because it's great. So methods subjects uh, eight female cats and six male cats obtained uh, as adults from random sources served as subjects. These were subjects that had proven to be responders to catnip in preliminary tests. Yeah, because some <laughs> cats don't right because my um, my cat when I grew up didn't give a shit about it. No reaction at about, all. About sixty-five percent of all cats, apparently. React, Frank, on the react, other hand, react, react he, he's totally <coughs> goes mental. Yeah. So test procedures: subjects were adapted to a test enclosure of cloth netting about one point two meters cubed (brackets upside down child's playpen). <laughs> <laughs> the catnip well, source innovation. was a ball of commercially obtained catnip leaves tied into a gauze wrapping, approximately two centimeters in diameter. Gauze wrapping. Yeah. Well, I say gauze. Yeah. Oh, sorry, gauze. Um, so I just have to fact check you. That's fine. Correct you on your English. That's well, it's just words, Pardon isn't it? It's passing. noise. You knew exactly what I meant. Mm. <laughs> the catnip source was anchored to the floor t- of the test enclosure so that it could not be battered or kicked out of the enclosure. Yeah, because they do do that shit, man. Yeah. Our cat like grabs it and sort of 
holds it in its front paws and kicks it with its rear paws whilst licking furiously at they it. They go mad at it. So, so they're looking at these three things. They noted, uh, quantitatively, they noted these after, in a 15-minute period. Number one, sniffing the catnip. Number two, chewing the catnip sauce. Number three, <laughs> rubbing the head, neck, and or body over the catnip sauce. Number four, batting the catnip sauce as if to play with it and biting and kicking it. And they draw little graphs of it. They count how many it happens to certain to the cats. Do they count kicking and all that yeah. stuff? So there's someone there with a stopwatch click, sort of going click, click or a click. counter. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. So... <laughs> So, so they cut out the poor cat. Yeah, and so I they gave him brain surgery. They basically sort of, what would you or, call it, vomeronasalectomized them. Yeah. So like, I want oh. to <laughs> Steve. So listeners, Steve's showing me an illustration from the paper, and it looks like a, I would say a third-rate artist. <laughs> That's a bit unkind, actually. They're, they're all right. You can get it's a, little pictures pencil of cats. drawings of cats. You should tweet those, dude. We'll t- t- tweet that out. So that's one of the Chewing figures in the paper. Chewing catnip ball, characteristic of oral appetitive behaviour. Yeah. So anyway, they um, they do these experiments. They write, you know, they do graphs and all that kind of thing as we normally do. Um, and they conclude that um, we don't know. We don't know. But they've excluded something. They've excluded something, but it's we don't. It's not that it part of the brain that they chopped out the poor bloody cats. Exactly. What they should be doing is doing MRI experiments. Well, to this find is 1985, so I think you know that's probably beyond the reach of most uh, MRI yeah. researchers at that point. Um, it's interesting though because, like, you know, we we smoke. Um, well, you know, people. People. Smoke, of those people smoke naughty, naughty, wacky, backy. Yeah, and it makes <laughs> you very happy. It makes you sort yeah. of a bit, bit silly, and you yeah. know all that business, kind of like giggly and a bit hungry. So it's quite similar to the effect in cats, I suppose. That they're a bit more energetic. They get the munchies as well. They go, oh, do they? After I think the they get munchies. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, know they that. definitely try and eat, lick the hell out of it. Right. So yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So. Um, that's the experiments we've done. There hasn't been, as, as far as I can tell, that's, that's, that's the paper. But the thing is about the cats, though, I'm jealous of the cats. That's Why? what I'm going on to say. Because they seem to have this fantastic drug, which doesn't seem to give them any hangover ill effects, which sends them into, you know... Total ecstasy. ecstasy. <laughs> For ages, <laughs> rolling around on the floor. Yeah. I'm like, why is there not a drug like that for humans? Mm, well. Sort of sit there naked, clutching at a <laughs> tattered, chewed up... Hessian weave bag with between your toes, yeah, licking just, furiously just, just at pure it, pure joy, and sort of going <laughs> like that, and then yeah, and just slump into a heap afterwards. Yeah, so yeah, so Mr. Kipper had a very good Christmas, just like you described, mm. um, and I wanted to know why it worked, but there you go. Thinks the most disgusting moment in the Indiana Jones films. The most disgusting. What, moment. Yeah, if you can think, just rack your brains, have a good think about the film. I mean, maybe the bit, go through I mean, them temp- Temple of Doom, where he pulls the heart out. Is that what? That's pretty grotty. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe. Oh no, I'll tell you what it is. What? It's when um, the guy takes the wrong uh, cup, uh, the wrong Holy Grail, and, and drinks old. from it and gets old. I don't yeah. think that's disgusting. That's pretty disgusting. I'm thinking more like, mm, like. Oh, you're talking about skin crawly. So you're talking, crawly. so you're thinking about all of the the snakes or the yeah. or the bugs. Yeah. We are going to, to die. die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that and what you want? Just found the exact moment which I thought was the most right. disgusting moment. 
If you remember in the film, they're walking through some horrible... He's, hasn't he got, like, some cobweb going over his face or something? Yeah, at that yeah, point? but there's loads of creepy crawlies, like, this sort of massive locust. That's in uh, Raiders, right? No, it's in Temple of Doom. Oh, it's in Temple. Right. Because it's that irritating... The irritating... Um, um, girlfriend yeah. with the blonde hair. Yeah, she's awful. Well, she's the worst of the lot. Yeah. Um, uh, she She's kind of like got blonde hair, but, and there's a shot of her from behind and a centipede crawls up under her hair. Oh, that's right. I remember. That really cre- crept me out. Right. You imagine a are huge... You, are you a little bit of an arachnophobe and insect I don't really... Yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to pet a spider, would you? <laughs> it doesn't If you saw me. a big house spider crawling across the floor, would you think... I'll just let that crawl up my arm. No, it just let it crawl but it over me. Wouldn't freak me out freaks at all. Me out. Yeah, Especially like. when they move quick. <laughs> I don't like it. A lot of things don't bother me. Slimy things. I don't mind yeah. getting my, you know, so it's the dunking speed. my hands in a pond. That's you know, yeah. slimy, wormy things. A crawly, crawly spider. So like a millipede. Freaks me out. What well, about? this is mill- millipede, not as bad as the centipede, just because they look so angry. Have you seen these? Ma- the well, big, yeah. In Indiana Jones, that centipede, it's like as big as an arm. Yeah, it's a big and one. And they yeah. are. Yeah. They get that fucking big. It's weird. The, I presume, um, so insects must be limited by, I mean, because ex- they, they have exoskeletons, you know, they're presumably limited to a specific size. So what's no, the they big- molt, don't they? No, but what's the biggest insect in the world? How big do they, can they get? Because I normally, don't know. It's a good question. normally I think like crustaceans, for instance, basically they can only get to a certain size because they can't get enough oxygen in because they get too heavy. Um, you have to put your your um, your skeletal system on the inside if you want to get big, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they are they're limited. The, the biggest insect in the world, by the way, is called a giant wetter. It's a large beetle found in New Zealand. How big is it? Measure up to ten centimeters in length. That doesn't sound very. Big. Those millipedes that can't be. That's nonsense. <laughs> For God's sake, really. Next Goliath me. beetle. I'm just googling shit now. Steve, stop me. For God's sake, look, okay. you're taking anyway. me off track. All right, sorry. Christ. The nasty bit in Indiana Jones. I like. Do you think the ideas. centipedes are dangerous? <sighs> They're big and they look ugly, right? So House probably spiders. not. Not normally big ugly they're things aren't fucking dangerous. Are they really? They're venomous. They're quite dangerous. Yeah, they're venomous. Certain species of centipedes are venomous, and I know uh, this. Because so they're I all creeping crawly, and they can kill you. Can they kill you? They can they? They, they have been known. They're very, very rarely. Yeah. Able to kill you, but in Hawaii, yeah. In in a four year period, in the noughties, eleven percent of hospital admissions were based on get people getting bit by centipedes. Oh god! Eleven percent. That's like worse than like booze in the UK or something. So no one knew what it was that was killing people until the past few weeks because the paper's been published. I saw this paper, Steve. Hey, (laughs) I came across this paper. Chinese group. So they um they found. (laughs) I've just written on my little piece of notes. We are going to die. (laughs) I'm glad I remembered that bit. Ah, it's great. Yeah. No, they're, they're horrible, man. And this paper is one of the grimmest papers I've read in a long so what, bloody so time. So what, what's the title of the paper? I can't remember. <laughs> I haven't got the title of the paper. Okay. It's in it's in um, um, a journal called PNAS, Proceedings <laughs> of the National Academy of Sciences of the US. Very good journal. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. The centipede, what they did was they tested it. To eat. They first of all tested whether or not it was toxic because apparently there was some debate whether or not these centipedes produce toxic. So Nick, how do you how do you test? Do you grind, do you grind up centipedes or do you make them no. bite people? Or? No, no, these people didn't. That sounds like a wise, sensible <laughs> move and one which I would agree with. 
These these Chinese researchers on the hand, they didn't. You know what they did? What? They got a f***ing mouse, they wanged in a centipede, <laughs> no. and they let the centipede attack and kill the mouse. Wow. And in the paper, there's a picture. Look, I'm going to show you I mean, I don't, I don't know, like... Look, that's from the paper. Oh, my God, that's quite that's harrowing. Not, that's not from Loaded so, magazine. So, so Nick, show me a that's picture of, That's not from Loaded. Like, that's actually Listen, from the paper. They show me a picture of what looks like a terrified white lab mouse being attacked by a massive centipede that's about three times the length of a mouse. There's a video, <laughs> supplementary video. God. So okay, I didn't approve of this. So okay, let's let's, let's get serious for for a moment a little bit because it's about animals. But in in Britain or in uh, in Europe or or the US, like are there different? Um, uh, requirements to do mouse work or ethics requirements for something like that. Could could that experiment have been done in the UK, for instance? I don't know. You'd have to be able to justify it. You'd have to right. prove that it had a significant benefit. Because this is a really serious problem. I think you know people take these things very seriously in science, right? Definitely. Yeah. Um, There's ethic, it ethical. It freaked me out. Right? I mean, they, they obviously had ethical approval, and the journal PNAS has ethical approval. You have to put all the yeah, ethical information there. So I was pretty surprised. So there's lots of paperwork to make sure people are doing these experiments right. You'd think so. Okay. You'd hope so, Steve. Okay. Anyway, freak me out. To be honest with you, people do this shit. If you look on the internet, you can find loads of videos of people wanging live mice in with snakes and all kinds of horrible things. Okay, but you can see lots of things on the internet, but this is not peer-reviewed science, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> so I thought that perhaps they wouldn't have shown that in the paper, but they do. Okay. Anyway, so, the, so centip is the, is the centipede, centipede is called scolopendra. Yeah, it's toxic. So if you, watch, if you watch the horrible video... Within about half a minute, it's like dead. After it's been it gets bitten, bitten, it's really distressing. Okay, the mouse is squeaking and <clears> stuff, <throat> and then it stops moving and just looks dead. Right. So they timed it, and it takes about thirty seconds. So that so it is venomous. Venomous, yeah, really okay. venomous. And they found out what was causing it. It's a, a small protein which they called. The protein's called SSM, spooky toxin. Spooky toxin. I'd call it fucking <laughs> horrific toxin, to be honest. If it were my, if it were my paper, I wouldn't call it spooky. Yeah. That's not spooky. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a, a small peptide. That means it's a very, very small protein. Mm. And it binds to something called a potassium channel. Right, that's Do you know very about important. potassium channels? I know a little bit about potassium channels. I don't know a whole lot about them, but basically in our bodies we've got lots of cells which do jobs which are controlled by voltages across the cell surface. So your nerves are controlled by electrical impulses effectively, charge mm -hmm. being transmitted down long cell bodies. And that's controlled by charged ions. So ions are like an atom which has a positive or a negative charge flowing in or out. Yeah, so you have to have cell. some way, active way of controlling how yeah, many, how many come little, in and how many come you've out. You've got little, little, little holes. gates, little gates. They're called gates. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, um, they're not really holes because they do let because the, they only let certain types of um, charged atoms, th charged ions well, through. Special, don't they? special shaped hole like the round window, <laughs> the square window, Steve. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I didn't realise it was that complicated. Thank you for <laughs> correcting me, Professor Evans. But yeah, but this little peptide, a lot of toxins from from snakes and things and spiders, they yeah. all work on these channels, and usually it affects the nerves. Anyway, they found out this one was working very specifically on potassium channels. Okay. Although it worked on a number of them, and it stops the potassium channels so working. Affected really, what it affects is um, the heart. So the, it's, so it's, the it's stopping the muscles. electrical signals working in the cells. Stops it's, cells. It's, stops cells contracting. Muscle cells contracting. Okay. So the the mouse is probably just suffocating to death right to add to all of the <laughs> horrible things this is getting even more morbid uh, it's horrible you right. know the, and uh, 
but anyway, they ident- what they did was, the paper is actually, I have to say, it's a really good paper. It's really technical. There's loads of really, really difficult experiments done in it. They even took it and they injected it into monkeys. They took what? the toxin. The, 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 inje- these the spooky toxin. Spooky toxin injected into monkeys. Into mild, monkeys. mild effect. They didn't kill the monkeys. Right. Just a mild effect. They were me- measuring the ECG. So that's the sort of wave pattern the heart makes. Boop, boop, right, right, right. Boop, so they boop. could detect a change. They in could the detect monkey's it, heart. Yeah, so they were th- so that's probably why it causes toxicity in humans. So anyway, that freaked me out. That was my paper that I saw. It wow. freaked me right out. I so feel really sorry for the. For the so mice. what did they? So, so the the findings of the paper are what that it is toxic. Is that the main? Yeah. Finding? Number one, it's toxic. Number two, they know what the peptide is. Number three, they know how it works. Okay, that's so a pretty successful can, paper. Exactly. That's so a they, very successful. So they now, paper. so now they can, they can make a um, anti-toxin basically. Because they know how how it works, they can work out a way to so stop it working. So your ten percent of Hawaiians who go to hospital may be able to have a treatment which gets them better more quickly. Well, I suppose that's. I mean, that's. I don't think they needed to let the mouse die in that horrible way. Couldn't they have just milked, milked the cent- the millipede and injected it? That would be a cool job, wouldn't it? Centipede milker. I mean, it's less distressing for the mouse rather than you know, just inject a bit of the just let, <laughs> let, it, let the mouse off. You know, give it a nice movie, a bit of chill it out, some sedatives, inject mm. a bit in, just watch what happens, slowly drift away. <laughs> But he threw a huge arm-sized centipede in a cage with a mouse. Maybe, maybe the centipede came back with a little wooden cup, and he like poured it over the mouse, and he slowly got better. And and then the then the, the little mouse spoke with a with a Scottish accent and went in the Latin alphabet. Jehovah begins with an I. <laughs> Steve, Nick, big developments yesterday. What in the academic world? Really. The unions, the university and colleges uh, unions, have voted to go on strike for industrial action. Yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I I would like to keep the science shed free of politics. Um, Why yeah, are you talking about Brexit? We don't really talk about Brexit. We talked about how Brexit affects science. I'm um, I'm not a big believer in unions for the universities. I think we're all pretty much pr- privileged, and we should we're lucky to have our job. And I think if you're going down a mine, you probably deserve to. It makes sense to unionise and ask for safety. I don't think it really achieves much personally. I think that's a fair point, Steve. I've never been in a union until about two months ago. Right. The reason that I joined the union, yeah. and that why I probably now will. Support strike. So you're going on strike, Nick? Yeah, I think I will. You're going on strike. You're going to get yourself a little placard? I get myself a, a picket line? tabard. Tabard. A cup of Bovril. Bovril. Is that the drink, <laughs> of the, uh, drink of the striker? I feel a bit weird about it just now, even now, because I've never done it before. But basically, it's because they want to take a quite a lot of our pensions away from us, 20 to 30%. Yeah. It's like having a big pay cut. Pay cut when you're retired, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of a pay cut now because you just have to contribute more to another pension. So you'll, your take-home pot will will go lower. Yeah, but we're all paid quite well relative to everyone else. I don't think we are, though, for our qualification. No, but that's not the point, though, is it? We you're welcome we, to quit we, at any time and become a banker. Then you wouldn't have to worry about pensions. It's too late to become a banker now, mate. No, definitely not. You don't you think so? work in the financial services industry. So you think I'm, I think I'm some kind of Corbynite... Corbynista, I'm militant bastard. No, I don't. I think I, for, I obviously, you know, think you should 
be able to do that if you want. I just don't think, it, I personally, I don't think it achieves much for academics. I think we're all pretty lucky. Mm. And we, the fact we've got any pension at all surprises me. My, ex, my expectation... You've got I'm very saying, low expectations. My expectation of, of, as a university, as an employer, is to give me nothing. And what? the fact I get anything surprises me. So you work for day. free? No, I mean, I would work for a salary, but like the fact we get any pension at all surprises me. Really? Yeah, I wasn't in the pension scheme for a long time. Oh, okay. Think, you know, I think if you, so. So here's the terms of my One of the reasons one of the reasons I went into academia, apart yeah. from being interested in it, is I thought, well, that's a nice job. You get quite long holidays, so I get like thirty days annual leave, whereas a normal punter of my no, <laughs> well, you never get, have. So you don't. What's the most you've ever taken? I've probably taken twenty-five. Okay, I have so taken. That, so that's a fair one year. Still, I yeah. did barely took it any at all. Yeah. Plus, there's all the weekend working and shit like that. Yeah. So you probably end up with a raw deal. Hour for hour, we get paid very poorly. Yeah. Considering the number of hours we work. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, you were you were about to, I don't know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should sack me. I can't even remember. No, so I, I was you were saying that we uh, <laughs> we get paid pretty well, and so we, we get paid poorly for our um, qualifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, and that's why the reasons why I went into the job, because I knew, and I thought, well, the, the, the terms of the employment, even though the salary is low compared with a lot of other jobs, and yeah. I disagree with you, we do get paid lower than a lot of other professions that require a similar degree of qualification. Indeed. And if, if science in the UK wants to retain good people to do science, people are going to be driven by, you know, it fundamental, you know, passion and vocation. Yeah. But that's not everything, man. That money does talk, There's, and people I, will choose I mean, other careers. I agree. I agree in over it. I agree in principle. Based on pure financial consideration. But what we're not people in, have got families. You know, sure. they they want to progress. But we we have loads of people that want to be academics. It's massively oversubscribed. Mm -hmm. So if you like, so so what happens? So in in like, day one lesson of like economics, supply and demand, right? Yeah. There's a massive there's a massive supply, and the demand is small. So what happens is that, that, that we don't get a good deal. You could well, argue if you pay people less money, you're less likely to have good people. So, you're so then what will happen is the ta talent pool will drop and then there'll be a need whether we need for good people and then the demand will go back up and then they'll pay you more for it. Shit, man. You, you are that. Keynesian you economics. No, Thatcher. the exact opposite. I thought you were lefty. <laughs> you're like Maggie Thatcher. No, I'm not. I'm not. Didn't someone want to stick a picture of Margaret Thatcher on your door? Maybe. Stanford. That might have happened. <laughs> I think I was that was just because you were British. Maybe. No, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> this probably isn't a very interesting podcast. No, I think this is really interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think um, if you'd have taken, you know, whatever it is your sal you, you, you uh, sacrifice on your salary and bought gold from now until you were, when you retire, just like buy, you know, whatever it is, 100 quid worth of gold. No, or actually gold, whatever you prefer. Yeah. You know. Like, Shares in gold are the same thing as gold, though, aren't they? Commodities. No, uh, yeah, it depends on. Yeah, I mean, you actually buy. You can actually too. buy gold if you want. Oh. You know, like um, gold bullion. Yeah, can you? My postdoc did that. Oh my god! He's got like a little like uh, sovereign. He just like because he's the, I don't know when when civilization crumbles, you'll need precious metals. Do you think that'd be better than having a pension? Totally. Like think well, about what's the annual return on gold. Well, it depends on how far you look back. But if you imagine in the seventies, if you've just been buying gold, for, you know, and you're about to retire now. When it was like, I think at the time it was, you know, one is less than a dollar an ounce, and now it's $1,800 an ounce. Right, okay. Right? That's way more than you would get return on a pension. Right? What have our pension people been doing, though? Because there's like it's an 18 billion pounds. 
18 billion pound pension black hole. That's well, not my fault. Well, the reason is, is because they can't take any risks. I wish I had a better advocate for going on strike than me because I'm not that much of an advocate because I'm <laughs> kind of like here. not totally... You kind totally of agree with what I say. No, I'm not totally sure about it, but I know that there's a better argument that could be used against you. Maybe, and, and I'm very happy me. to hear it. So I've never found a good... The people... This is another argument. Again, this might not work for very good podcasting. But the people that you see from those environments, right, that um, if you work for a for a union or whatever, they're never the most dynamic individuals. They're the people that just like lead the room and just in control and they're selling a business. They're always just moaning, Nick. They just turn up and go, isn't it unfair? And I think people should be proactive about their own futures. And if, and if that really is something that's upsetting you, then do something about it. But I, but don't, I, don't, but I, don't, I actually think don't agree with you on that. And I, I do think there are people within the unions who are like that and people join unions for that reason. I'd hope that I'm not one of them. But there are extremely, at my university, there are very able people Great. who are high up in the union. And they do have a very strong agenda mm -hmm. to to have a better, you know, deal for academics. Well, I think, you know, I... I think we need it as well with Brexit happening and all that business. I think it's just buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> Always believe in your soul. Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Newton, Well, there you go. That was a, another podcast. Did you enjoy it this week? Yeah, although my I've been a bit uncomfortable. Yeah? I'm wearing the wrong pants. Maybe the wrong pants. Yeah, I've got different types of pants. <laughs> I've got one... Maybe we're getting a little bit too... There's a bit too much information for the, for the, for the podcast, Nick. I just wanted to say that I got some pants from Italy. Oh, you got designer pants? No. Fine Italian pants. I went to H&M. In Italy? <laughs> in Italy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, in, so um, Australia, sorry. Um, oh, what the uh, Bari in Italy. Italian bought, bums are and different. And I wear medium-sized pants in England. Not I get in Italy, them, you don't. They're much smaller. <laughs> so when I put them on, they're very tight. Okay. Especially round um, my waist. <laughs> round the crotchal uh, they're region. They're very tight all over. <laughs> But they're, they're just a bit uncomfortable. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm going to sort of, we finish and we'll give a walk around. Okay. Well, Anyway, please do get in touch with us listeners. We love having you on board. We do, we along. do. And you should absolutely tweet us, interact with us. I'm at the Evans Lab. I'm at Steve the Chemist. And the Science Shed as a whole is just at the Science Shed. So the best thing you can do for us, if you like the Science Shed, is just to share us on social media. Um, so if you like it and you want to listen to some more idiotic rambles between Nick and myself, please just uh, share your favourite episode or just talk to us. Absolutely. And please do, if you've got any things that you like or you don't like, or you merely want to just insult us, go right ahead. We like love that. it. Just a, just a straight out insult. No like, no, not constructive. <laughs> just say, I don't like Steve's face. Exactly. I hate Steve. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye.